Welcome back, pop culture and film fans, to brand new podcast episode <laughs> of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, if I can remember oh my, my name, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet, as always, Drew Douglas. What's amazing is you started off, and I was like, this is one of the cleanest, strongest starts he's ever had <laughs> introing. And then around the time I thought about that, you just completely cratered. I biffed it like Damien Chazelle on um, Babylon. <laughs> Still haven't seen that. I have no desire to see that. Um, there was a, another story that I heard from uh, someone who I went to college with, reached out, said, hey, I'm going to see Babylon. And uh, was ta- we were talking about the podcast and, and uh, movies and like movies that are out and we haven't seen yet, but we want to see. And then I, I asked, like, what about Babylon? He's like, you know, he went to go see Babylon was in the theater, he left midway through to go to the bathroom, and he's like, I almost didn't return. <laughs> he's like, I am almost just kept walking. Went right back to the car, got in, Sped and away. he's like, but I didn't. You hear tires screeching. Yeah, I've never done that. I have been, I can't remember what, this was a long time ago, because I usually avoid going to the bathroom in the middle of a movie, but I do remember seeing something a long time ago going to the bathroom, and then just kind of wandering around looking at the posters because I just didn't want to <laughs> go back into the auditorium. I have a feeling I, I will probably respect Babylon. I just can't imagine seeing that in theaters. It's a movie that I wonder, looking back, if Chazelle's going to fully regret. I mean, I think so, right? Because if you spend, what, $90 million and something ridiculous like that where the budget... He doesn't for- care, though. It's not his money. But it could cost him for his next movie in terms of like yeah. a studio is like, all right, well, we're going to really rein you in because you really screwed us on that. Uh, yeah, his his shot at directing a Marvel movie is just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This this is, uh, I don't know. I was going to say, does anybody really care about this guy? But I know a lot of people are like deep in his butt. That love him, yeah. It's one of those that, and it's interesting, we talked about this, but Chazelle, like, it's interesting, his style, and I think that there are some things that he incorporates in his movies that I like, but overall, like, comparing him to a few other filmmakers, I mean, I don't, like, there. it's not his style. He doesn't have a style that I gravitate toward. I'm not saying he's bad by any means. There are just other filmmakers that I'm like, oh, like Jordan Peele. There are certain things that Peele does but it's also part of the the combination of the writing directing that I think it goes hand in hand with and Chazelle, the genre. Like he's he's tapping into a genre that you and true, I like a lot. True, and there are certain filmmakers like that in which I would go like I gravitate closer toward. Whereas Chazelle, he's good, he's very good, but at the same time, there are certain things that it's like, yeah, I mean, it's you know, I'm definitely interested to see what he does, but uh, one example of a director that I am intrigued anytime he puts something out is Ari Aster, who just ended up, uh, as of today, A24 ended up putting out the new trailer for, was it Bo, Bo is Afraid, which yeah. uh, is the new Walking Phoenix movie that he's in. And I did, I forgot that was the originally what was it originally called disappointments boulevard disappointment boulevard something like that well i kind of realized after watching that trailer for for this new ari aster movie and this applies to damien i really liked whiplash 
La La Land's fine, and I liked First Man, but like he hasn't earned that. I don't even know what the term, like a free pass from me where no matter what he puts out, I have to go see that in theaters. And I kind of realized that with Ari Aster after watching this trailer where I'm like, I don't need to see that in theaters. And I really liked Hereditary and Midsummer. Is there a filmmaker, like a like a newer filmmaker, younger filmmaker, who has that pass where you're like, I have to, like whatever they do, they put out. Would that be like Jordan Peele? I was going to say, do we do we count Jordan Peele? Because he's only he's done three movies. For me, that would be the case. I would consider him a must-see, yeah, no matter what he's doing. Yeah. Um, that, I'm sure there are. Nobody comes to mind right now. Ari Aster would be above Chazelle, though. I'm more apt to, yeah. to go see. Though he says with this, he's, he's, he's going to be staying away from the horror genre for a couple films. Hmm. So that's... I don't know. It's one of those things. It's like a band that attracts you, and then their third album or their fourth album is radically different than what you were attracted to. Like the different. They're like, oh, we're we're gonna change our sound a little bit, and that's what I feel like Astor's done with this. Is he lured me in with these horror films, and now he's going a complete different direction, which is fine. I'm sure the movie's gonna be good, but what I was attracted to, he's not doing. Like if Jordan Pill, if his next movie. Peel's next movie is not horror. There would be more trepidation on my part to be like, oh, I, what is this going to be? Because right. for some reason, uh, and, and this was the case with Shyamalan. Shyamalan diverged and he became less appealing to me because he tapped into like this genre that I really liked. And then it didn't work and now he's back in there and he's, you know, one of my faves again. So I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what Chazelle does next. Again, I can't speak for Babylon. I just keep hearing how disgusting it is. <laughs> and then Regal's giving away a toilet seat, and I'm like, what does that mean? Do I even want to know? Or it was AMC or something. I'm like, that's... I don't. I feel like I've read enough t- from people saying they like wanted to spew when they watched it. I'm like, what is this movie? <laughs> like, why are people storming out? I don't want to know. I'll wait. It'll be on VOD and like... A week, I bet, because it's been doing so poorly at the box office. But yeah, well, that's the other thing since it's Paramount. And by the way, it's one of the few misses, misfires that Paramount has had this year. Well, I should say last year, 2022, because I mean, from the top with Top Gun Maverick to even like some movies that are very mid level, such as Smile. Smile, yeah. And that just dominated. Yeah, that printed money. Now this is the thing. Why is Babylon released on Christmas Day? That's like the mm-hmm. most anti-Christmas looking movie. Yeah, uh, like that's not going to get families. And you're you spent all that money to release it at the worst possible time. I I feel like a good time for Babylon would have been like summer during the summer, or may actually around I'd say January to March. Is there a good time? I was going to say like March to May. Just like dump it before the box, like the big box office movies come out. Yeah. And see if you can bring somebody in. Because you're yeah. also fighting with Avatar, which is just killing it. That's true. That's very true. Uh, speaking of printing money, Jimmy C is just, he's pulling a Scrooge McDuck and just diving into a giant pile of money over at Disney. He's wiping his butt with hundreds. <laughs> and not he's, he's not even phased by it. He just, he doesn't care. So we're yeah. going to talk about, now 2023, we talked about this the last episode. 2022, 
nothing but stinkers, basically, at least in my opinion. I Yeah, looking back, it's sad. I feel like there were more disappointing movies. Not It's like movies you were you had a lot of high hope for and they were they just didn't live up to the expectation. That was like the best way I could describe 2022 movies. Yeah. And I feel like there's plenty of good ones. They're just like the smaller ones that maybe you overlooked or um obviously didn't get you hyped at the start of the year. Now 2023 what we're doing today is we're going to do our five most anticipated movies of the entire year. And I made a huge list of the ones that I want to see. And there's some really good ones. Mm -hmm. But I said that last year. (laughs) So we're going to find out. I feel like I have more faith in what's coming out this year than what was released last year. Yeah, I agree with that. Because looking back, I feel like the movies we were looking forward to... um, it was, it was very much so a mixed bag. This one, I just, I've got a good feeling about these movies coming out. And I tried to, especially for my top five, to keep it pretty diverse. But then looking looking on this, I would say overall, it's like, it would be kind of hard to find what my one, if there's one genre, like if you point to that and be like, what is your genre exactly? Um I try so it's it's kind of across the board and I did some reshuffling as I was saying right before recording um for uh, the bottom two originally I kept moving around like thinking about it and then actually I moved up one of my bottoms uh moved it up the list a little bit so I'm really curious to to see what you've got and the other big thing going into this year to keep in mind and I'm wondering how that will affect your list is DC, now that we've got James Gunn, Peter Safran coming in as the head of honchos, will that affect those movies? Because I have a feeling that now that they're changing the universe, those movies that once could have been toward the top of your list may have been bumped down. I'd say there's only one that could have made the list, and the star of the movie is enough for me to be like, I don't even, I I can't justify supporting this necessarily. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That's hard. That's a hard one because these movies are irrelevant at this point. They were already feeling irrelevant last year, even before James Gunn took over. Um, but we'll get into some of these, I would imagine. I'm more curious of our top five. Do we overlap at all? I bet we overlap on one, yeah. maybe two. I I don't know. I, I we'll I, see. Yeah, because I, I didn't. I didn't intentionally make mine to uh to find weird ones like this is straight up my top five except for number five which you could say is a wild card i could i can admit it but i have a justification for why i'm hyped yeah i would uh, that's the same for me as well uh for for my number five but i feel very strong about this um but anyways uh i'll i'll let you uh if you want to start and uh then i'll follow your lead so my number five i'm gonna go with david gordon green's currently untitled exorcist sequel now this is the creative team behind the team that worked on the recent halloween reboot trilogy which we've covered extensively i was a big fan of that uh i think you were too i still think about Corey every single day (laughs) Corey's story Corey's story i want to rewatch halloween ends but i'm i'm holding off i've only seen it the one time i'm holding off until halloween 2023 (laughs) <laughs> to rewatch it. 
We don't know much about this movie other than it's a sequel to the 73 William Friedkin movie, which I like. I'm not like obsessed with it. It's not one of my go-to horror films, but I respect it. It creeps me out. It's one of those where it's like, this is too real. Um, Yeah. And I guess this is the first of a planned trilogy, which Halloween I can justify. This seems a bit excessive. But we'll see how it yeah. turns out. Ellen Burstyn, she was in the original. She's back playing the same character. The new one also features Leslie Odom Jr. and Dowd. And along with just David Gordon Green, Danny McBride and company doing this, which is my main attraction. We don't have mm-hmm. a Halloween movie this October, and this will help fill the void at least somewhat because it comes out October 13th in theaters, I'm assuming. This could be, I don't know if they'll do the Peacock thing with this one. Because I believe this is Universal too, Universal yeah. Blumhouse. Yeah. So, Untitled Exorcist movie, my number five. I don't even want to call it a wild card because I, I think the David Gordon Green aspect intrigues me. And I want to see what they come up with for a franchise that I'm not as in love with as I am Halloween. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I... If we had a runner-up or any runner-ups, that would probably be on my list just because I'm curious to see how they'll handle it. And, you know, especially with what David Gordon Green and Danny McBride did with the Halloween, I'm curious if they'll go on this trend of taking older horror franchises like Halloween, The Exorcist, and they'll just go down and just keep making trilogies, their own trilogies, on those films, but it has me intrigued. I can't, and that was the other thing that was tough for me. There's not much that we know other than what you mentioned that I could firmly say, oh, this is going to be good because they're taking this stance or they're going to explore this character. There's just so much unknown about it that I'm like, yeah, I just, I can't, I just can't say. And we know it's probably going to look good. I mean, those Halloweens look good. I do. Yeah. I just don't know how they're going to fill out three of these movies. I, and that's another thing. Maybe it's a, it's good that they're going into this with having this arch of, okay, we've got a, we're starting this story off or this trilogy, um, as opposed to going into Halloween when they rebooted that or did the uh, requel. And they come out with Halloween 2018, and then it's like, well, will they continue it, or is it going to be a one-off? And then they continued it, going into this with this in mind that they are for sure doing a trilogy. Maybe that will help. So my number five is, I will say, a wild card, but mainly because this is um, coming from uh, someone who, it's, he's making his directorial debut. And that's Chris Stuckman's Shelby Oaks coming out on in July right now. And uh, Chris Stuckman is a a a YouTuber um, and he's done a ton of like YouTube reviews for like what, 15 years, something like that. And he's signed his first deal and it's for this project that he's written, uh, co-written and he'll be directing And the plot of this is a woman's desperate search to find her long-lost sister falls into obsession upon realizing that the imaginary 
demon from their childhood may have been real. Um, this has been really interesting. The other thing that I find fascinating is that Chris is from Ohio and is creating this movie in Ohio. Um, he created the largest Kickstarter campaign for this uh, horror film. Uh, and he's also been doing like a behind the scenes on YouTube, just documenting what it's been like for production and creating this. And uh, that is really interesting, especially for some like knowing what it's like on the like behind the scenes, but in terms of getting something off the ground and also not in Hollywood or and it's not in the coast, it's in the Midwest. I find that to be super fascinating. And I'm really curious to see, you know, how will this turn out? What it's like for his directorial debut and um, and not obviously knowing anything we there's nothing that we can base this off of outside of photos and and video that they've shot behind the scenes once a critic and now he's making art that could be criticized that could be entertaining to watch I, i'm and that's another thing where like has there and i know this has happened but the only thing i could think of recently where there's been kind of like a shift is you've got like say michael michael giacchino and it's hard because it's not like going from critic he's a critic to you know making a movie like this but instead giacchino went from composing to directing with werewolf by night uh on disney plus so and now it's like changing like and so michael giacchino he's going to he's working on another movie that he's planning on directing or another project yeah, he's he's got his official directorial debut coming out. Film, yeah, film wise, I guess. Ones. So that's interesting. Uh, but and yeah, that's another aspect in in terms of something like this. What what is that going to be like? Um, you know, in in seeing someone that is pivoting in that way and it going going from short form to you know a long form a feature length. So this is I'm I'm hopeful that this could end up being like as we were saying earlier, kind of like an Ari Aster, someone who's emerging as a horror filmmaker because it's always good to see like indie or smaller horror filmmakers, you know, starting. And that's also gives me a little bit of like John Carpenter hearing about the Midwest, someone from the Midwest having a smaller horror film. There's so much of that that I kind of cling to in terms of hoping that, okay, not that we need another John Carpenter, like you got to be this, but I like that. It's kind of like a nostalgia of if we get more filmmakers like that, I mean, it just, I feel like would make more films better. So I don't know. Here's to hoping. Yeah, we'll see. The only person I can think of that's done that is Jeff Jensen. Because I remember reading him, all his lost recaps on Entertainment Weekly. And he was a reporter for a long time and a critic. And then he worked with Lindelof on Tomorrowland and stuff like that. I think he's done some graphic novel writing too so that's interesting numero four it's something you probably heard of Woo! it's the seventh movie in the mission impossible franchise it's called De dead reckoning part one and it comes to theaters july 14th and uh this is part one of two the alleged final movie of the franchise comes out next summer imagine not having a mission impossible to look forward to i'm not looking forward to that day it's a sad but day. at least at least we live to see another day of the uh, of 
part one of the final film. It's hard for me to believe. You know, honestly, I thought that Fallout, I, I would have been okay if Fallout was the final film. But I feel like Cruz, he's a man who's dedicated, as is McHugh or McQuarrie that is directing these movies uh, with Cruz. Um, and then we got that. We talked about this um, uh, on a few episodes back on our Avatar episode, but it was the uh, Tom Cruise stunts, uh, like behind-the-scenes stunt video of him shooting that uh, the motorcycle jump. And it's just like, this man, he's going to die on screen for our entertainment. And I think that's what he's trying to capture on screen. So if he actually did a stunt, passed away, do you think they would release it in theaters? That take, like it wouldn't be graphic, but let's say he did this bicycle stunt, the parachute doesn't work, and he, he actually fell to his death. They had enough to piece together a movie. Do you think we would see that take? Because I think, I honestly think he they would. I do too. And here's the thing. I wonder if it's written in his will. Like he's got a will that's like, if this happens, keep it. Yeah, don't don't not release the movie. You have to release this no matter what. Like do it respectfully, but don't don't let that tie it up. I bet you anything that's the case. And we had wild wild Tom Cruise movies 2022, 2023, at least until 2024. I don't know what he's doing after this. I know he was supposed to do that movie in space. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> again, let's soak up Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise while we can. Because he does say, he's like, I'm getting to the age where I'm, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like, it's getting harder. So, let's really let's really soak up our time with Tom. Do you think that after he's done a day of doing all of those wild motorcycle jumps, that the first thing when he wakes up in the morning... He like starts to sit up, but his bones are like creaking and he's like, Ugh. he has to have somebody that sits by his bed all night that when he wakes up can roll him over <laughs> or he's got some weird pulley system. I think he's probably sore, but you know, he's in shape, like he's yeah. in good shape. So he knows how to keep himself fresh. Man, that's yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. So, so excited for this movie. And this, I would go as far as to say, this is my favorite franchise. Definitely my favorite franchise currently running. But, man, I just, this is this is up there. I just, I love all of those movies. Even two, I, before this movie comes out, we, we're doing a rewatch. I, I'm, I gotta do, I gotta rewatch all those. Of course. So, my number four is a movie that after waiting a long period of time for this to come out, we're finally getting it, and it's already got controversy surrounding it, and that is James Mangold's take on Indiana Jones. Oh. And that's Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny coming out June 30th with Harrison Ford donning the iconic hat. He's got the whip, and he's bringing the whip to a gunfight. Whip <laughs> So I had somebody tell me that they really hated that gag. And I was like, I think it's funny. <laughs> like, I think that's funny. It's, it is funny. I mean, I, I don't, like, if they were to shoot, they would follow him down and he's dead. Like, he's done. Like, that's, there's no way they're that stupid. But um, I thought it was fun. I think the entire trailer looks like a lot of fun. I know there's already, like, this huge controversy that, 
Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who she is one of the co-writers for the film and starring in it as his quote-unquote goddaughter. Um, this, I'm so, like, th there's something about this that just brings back nostalgia. And I feel like there's nostalgia in this that was missing from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the, the fourth film that came out. Um, I just, man, I just cannot wait for this. And we also have Mads Mikkelsen, uh, Antonio Banderas, and our favorite Toby Jones hanging D in this. Um, <laughs> cannot wait. Well, you know what? I got to be honest with you. Indiana Jones is not on my list, but I am hyped for it. I'm getting a little concerned. Things don't just enter the internet over and over again and not have some truth to it. Yeah, that's... And then, again, why is James Mangold responding to idiots on the end on the true internet. true that's, why why are you doing that? that's what concerns me the most yeah yeah when someone flat out is like that's never been an option we've never thought about that i'm like wait why why are you even saying that just let us see the movie and we'll figure that out that's yeah that's a good point i just i i've got i got such high hopes i'm hoping i'm hoping this is going to be as good as it looks i mean they have to know that if they actually did something where they and it's one of the rumors that <laughs> Indiana Jones is like wiped from history and replaced with Phoebe. People are going to burn theaters down. Like they're you're <laughs> you're setting off at a huge fan base of fans. So I would hope they're not that stupid. I but yeah, it looks that. like a lot of fun. Yeah, I think the trailer is it hits a nostalgia feel that you're right has been missing. That didn't feel like it was there with the last one. And I am I'm interested to see how they explain, and this is minor, I guess, but what happened to Mutt? I want to know what happens to Mutt. Did he, did he die or like what's going on? Oh, he got. Did he get canceled? <laughs> yeah. Were they canceling people back in the sixties? I don't know. He got canceled by the Nazis. <laughs> they literally just wiped him out. All right, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, my number three. We we recently got speaking of first looks. Mission Impossible. We recently got our first look at my number three. It's called Oppenheimer. It's Christopher Nolan's new jo joint about J. Robert Opp Oppenheimer, the uh, physicist credited with being the father of the atomic bomb. Now, the cast and crew for this is just an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Killian Murphy leads it. He plays Oppenheimer, which I think is pretty cool. I know Killian has been the lead in movies before, but something about him headlining this massive Nolan movie is I just think it's really cool. Seems like a big step for him. It's a huge step. And I hope he, I know he's going to nail it. He's always really good. Supporting cast almost sounds fake. Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Florence Pugh Pugh, Rami Malek, Dane DeHaan, Kenneth Branagh, Josh Hartnett, Jason Clark, Jack Quaid, Benny Safdie, Matthew Modine, Alden Ehrenreich. And there's seriously maybe 10 more names, recognizable <laughs> names, I could mention. That in and of itself is amazing. This comes out July 21st in theaters. And it actually kind of puts me in a jam because my firstborn child is due July 23rd. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm going to have some tough choices to make. <laughs> in late July. I literally and this is this is maybe obscene to some people, probably not anyone listening, because we are 
a pop culture podcast, but got the July 23rd due date. And in my head, I'm like, what massive movies coming out around that time? <laughs> and I Googled <laughs> it and I was like, oh, dang it. It's, it's Oppenheimer. That's kind of a bummer, <laughs> but it's okay. I may or may not see this in theaters. That's all I'm going to say. That, oh man. I, and you know that stupid kid, stupid kids already ruining my life with it, <laughs> with it, or just have uh, go just say, all right, like, see, right before the birth, we're going to try to make it in the IMAX and then you get to, you get to the credits and that's whenever labor happened. I would imagine by that point, the kids probably come out, but we'll, we'll figure that out. That would actually be even that would just settle. I'm not going to go see it. I don't know if I want to be nervous. Yeah, that would be ner- that would be nerve wracking to to have to wait, and you're what you're the entire time you kept che- you keep checking your phone, and uh, and you just want to make it to the part where they recreate the atom bomb exploding. <laughs> I'm like, can I just get to the bomb explosion? <laughs> yeah, this this is not on my list, but it uh, it uh, would have been on my runner ups. It looks so good in the cast. It's just the cast. It just and it's uh, Nolan's first movie with Universal after he got all butt hurt at WB for doing the day and date streaming in twenty twenty two, twenty twenty actually, twenty twenty. He got all mad about that and he didn't even have a movie affected. But he took such a stand that he signed with Universal. So this better be the budget's huge. It's like a hundred million add on. I don't even know how much promotional stuff will, but this better be huge because the universe is going to kick this guy to the curb if it, people don't go see it. I think this does actually really well. It will be very interesting to see. I, it's hard to say, especially with the story and a plot like this. I I feel like it will, but imagine what if it bombs like Babylon? Nothing. Nothing's bombing like Babylon. <laughs> you're guaranteed i guarantee you like the the friday numbers will be bigger than babylon's entire theatrical run entire yeah <laughs> well it's funny because from one filmmaker who is extremely hurt and upset with wb or the day and date release my number three is not christopher nolan but it is Dine villeneuve oh. in his dune part two Coming out November third, I I just really really liked the first movie. I really liked it, and I liked I liked it more than what I realized because like when I first saw it, because this is a movie. There's something about the way it's shot, the way that looks, the set designs, the uh, cinematography for it. It fe- and it's funny because someone was uh, talking to someone. They said it feels like they shot it on arachnids like there that exists they went to space and they shot it there yeah i'm stoked for this and and the the cast has grown you mentioned uh, florence Pugh is in nolan's film once again we also have florence Pugh joining the cast with christopher walken austin butler fresh off of elvis oh yeah we got a lot of good looking people in this movie yeah and i mean this the cast just grows it's a sexy cast it is it yeah and it's just like there's so much i think uh, to look forward to. And of course, Rebecca Ferguson is at the top of my list for this. Um, yeah, it just, uh, I can't wait to see Stellan Skarsgård all like looking wacky and covered in tar and all that stuff uh, for this. So 
you know, the, the cast is very similar to uh, Nolan's Oppenheimer in terms of its stacked. But, man, this is just a sci-fi uh, Western type story that I think it's also itching that uh, or scratching that itch that I've got that is there thanks to Stephen King's Dark Tower. We're not getting that. And this is the closest I feel like we're getting to something like the Dark Tower. So, uh, and it's also just, I, you know, I'm surprised that we didn't, we're not, we didn't get this sooner, but man, I just, I can't wait to see this on IMAX. I'm so ready for it. And of, I would say of most movies, the way that they would look, this might be my most anticipated for the cinematography. That's toward the top of the list. I don't, this is tough because of the next two movies that I've got on my list, but this this could, at the end of the year, be my favorite-looking movie. Now, one th- one other thing about Doom before we move on, that the Hans Zimmer score. Oh, yeah. He made so much music for that original one, and I've, I've listened to it so many times, it's so good, but I can't wait to hear what he comes up with next. Yeah, and I just love the fact that he basically like locked himself away and created so much... That's like, oh, yeah, you're set for, what, two, two more movies or something just ridiculous like that? But And that was just, I would say that might be my favorite uh, soundtrack of the entire year. Yeah, I got to think what was what else was out that year. I'd have to, I had to do a little research. So my number, my numero two uh, doesn't have a release date, which is, which is kind of scary, but I know it's coming out soon because... We are starting to see a lot of production picks from it. And uh, just like Oppenheimer, the cast and crew is incredible. It's Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. Ooh, yeah. Includes uh, Marty's favorite, Leo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Brendan Fraser, John Lithgow, Jesse Plemons. It's based on a 2017 nonfiction book about a series of murders in Oklahoma in the uh, 20s that happened in the Osage Nation after oil is discovered discovered on tribal land. Now, this was filmed, we t- keep talking about Oklahoma and then like every podcast we do yeah. at this point. But they shot this in Oklahoma. The budget is $200 million, <laughs> which is Jeez. like what what's going into this movie. But that's apparently the largest amount of money ever spent on a movie filmed in the state of Oklahoma. They actually... Uh, they they and took that money and they finally fixed all of the roads in Oklahoma. Did they have bad roads in Oklahoma? Yeah, they have bad roads Whenever in like I, every state. So it's yeah, not that's surprising. true. Whenever I lived there, that was always like because it was like there were parts of Tulsa where it seemed like it was constantly under construction. But that was a joke. That was like a local joke. That it's like oh well, that's just you know that's just part part of you know being a resident here. Yeah. This is never-ending construction. Uh, again, no release date. It will eventually come out, I think, in limited run in theaters and then on Apple TV+. Plus. Marty doing another streaming movie. It's always interesting that some of these legendary filmmakers are so disgusted by the thought of doing that, like Spielberg. <laughs> or, <laughs> I don't know, isn't like Francis Ford Coppola just like hates that idea? And then you have Marty... Yeah who is one of the greatest filmmakers around and of all time. And he's like, sure, I'll do it. Like, this is the only place that's going to give me $200 million to make this movie. Why would I not do this? Yeah. I mean, it's just, 
there's something about anytime we get a Marty movie, it just makes me so excited. It's kind of like Mission Impossible, but that's a filmmaker. You know, he can say he can he can rat on certain things and just like say whatever he wants. But man, the the dude is just like he's proven himself time and time again. Uh, and yeah, I just and this is another amazing. Like there are so many big actors in this that I just can't I can't wait for it. It's uh, it's going to be amazing to see this movie. Do you have anything else for Killers? No. Okay. No. 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 I, I'm going to be. I'm assuming it's not on your list. Um, we'll talk about it. Well, don't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, I can't say anything about Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, I'll say that number two for me is a movie that we've already talked about, and that is Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, not a lot to add to this other than the fact that, as I said, I'm a huge fan of the franchise and the fact that we're going back to this series, I am curious. We have we have not had one of the Mission Impossible movies crack the billion dollar club, but it makes me wonder if it will finally happen, mainly due to the success of Top Gun Maverick and all of the promotion that Tom Cruise and company has done along with Maverick and then after, like continuing to release these videos. I think that's going to play a crucial part and it could end up, re- I'm not going to say revitalizing the franchise, but at least ending it with a bang. And I think that's ultimately what Cruz wants to do. Looking back, you could call this man a genius because at the beginning of Top Gun Maverick, even though the trailer leaked for, t- uh, for Mission Impossible, this movie, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 early, they're like, let's run with it. They took that and then they've just been running with it since. And it's just wild to think that we've now had all of this material kind of teasing along with Maverick leading up to Mission Impossible in which it's like he might have just like helped boost this not only movie but franchise a ton by kind of hooking it on to the success of Top Gun Maverick so how in the world has this have they not had a movie cross a billion that seems crazy so Fallout 787 worldwide. Rogue Nation 688. Ghost Protocol 694. And then the next highest one is Mission Impossible 2 at 549. Yeah. That's uh I'm surprised that that has never crossed 1 billion dollars. Yeah, it do- it doesn't seem like that is uh it just it's it's a sin, quite frankly. Yeah, it is. That just it seems really wrong. Is. Uh, wow, this one could do it. I think you're I on think to something so. with the Maverick thing. Like Tom Cruise is, Tom Cruise is tapped into something where we're just like, I feel like he was already at this point, but he he might have. I don't know. I don't know how, how I'm, what I'm trying to say. Other than you're, he won over people that maybe had just not been seeing his movies or something. Right. You know, like, like I have to go see that in theaters now because I was so blown away by what he did with Maverick. Let's see what he does with this one. Yeah. Uh, that's that. Uh, honestly, that's, that's my guess that it's going to help 
significantly, but there's no way to like look. And then again, maybe Tom Cruise does actually have a crystal ball. Maybe he's the one person who has that. And he's like, all right, let's, uh, let's give this all we've got in terms of promoting Mission Impossible. And maybe he was the one who leaked the trailer originally. And it's like, let's do it and push this forward. I respect what they did with Maverick so much in that they held firm on theatrical and it didn't hit streaming or like physical release yeah. until December. So there, that was like a traditional, like old school. Yeah. Make them go to the theaters to see that. Uh, and I honestly think they start for some reason we're in this pattern where a movie comes out and then it's on digital like a month later. I think if you start, I'm sure I've said this before, but if you, from the get-go, we're like, listen, we're not putting this on digital for six months. I think you're going to get more people to go because it's like their only chance to see it for a while. Yeah, and I mean, that's another thing that looking at what has happened with Top Gun Maverick and Avatar, uh, The Way of Water, I think, honestly, it's the last of their kind. I really do. I just can't imagine. And even with Mission, and Mission Impossible could do great but then again talking about these movies that we have and more uh coming out for this year i think like there's always a lot of potential but it just you know will we see more movies following this traditional path like after this year or i guess this year on it's hard for me to imagine that just because of you know it's so few movies have been that successful but also gained, I don't know if it's the trust of moviegoers, but have interested moviegoers. You know, uh, not not like um, Top Gun and, and the way the way of water. So I'm curious to see like if we'll end up getting this with Top Gun, or do you think it'll come out sooner on on streaming? You know, there's I, so much of this makes me wonder if we'll see kind of the traditional Top or the uh, Mission Impossible franchise kind of. The, the path those movies have gone with this or if it will be more like Top Gun Maverick, but like he's been, he was, there was all those rumors about these movies being held up anyway, because he wanted to establish that it wouldn't be on digital immediately. And it wouldn't, you know, it, he wanted that traditional theatrical run, you know, maybe if they would have done that, maybe if before Babylon came out they said, Hey, you guys, if you don't see this in theaters, you're not going to see it for six months. <laughs> maybe that would have made $90 million. Yeah. I mean, seriously, what are the, who's the target audience for Babylon? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's the other thing. It's just, it's unreal for, especially when there are more and more movies that are getting like, well, look at WB, what's happening right now, budget cuts and, and all of that. And it just, I'm glad that movie bombed. Part of me is just like happy about that. And I can't explain it <laughs> other than, and, and movies about movies never do well. They never do well. Uh, now I'm curious what your number one movie of the year is. I, I was going to say, I think your number one is Flowers. It is, 100%. <laughs> okay. And we've we've already talked about that. The only thing that... You've already talked about Yeah, it. the only thing is that I have heard of others who worked on the set, and they can't say anything about that until the movie's released. So I'm really excited to see the movie, but I also want to know some of these stories. But they're like, sign this NDA that they'll get wiped from the face of the earth if they reveal anything. And 
I want to know. I want to know. They're just like, Marty's a monster. He's <laughs> yeah. the worst person to work with. Do you have any idea what my number one movie is? Oh, man. Uh, it's not The Flash, is it? Hell no, it's not The Flash. Okay, because I know you mentioned that earlier. I'm like, maybe that was like you were doing that. It's no, like those a, DC movies are, are pointless. Done. There's no point in even seeing that crap. Yeah, and because uh, uh, which I'm is like, a shame because yeah. Andy Musietti, who made that movie, I think it's going to turn out well, which is just mind boggling because it's taken 40 years to make. You have an idiotic star, and then now they're just wiping <laughs> the slate clean. It's like this guy can't catch a break. Yeah, I yeah, it just sucks. And but I so I was thinking that maybe maybe that ended up being a like you were trying to do that as a joke to like foreshadow, but I don't honestly I don't know what would be your number one. If we haven't talked about it so far, um we have mentioned the mo- the guy that made this mm. movie. Ari Aster? Is it Ari Aster? No, hell, hell no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hell no. This could be, I mean, my one and two could probably flip-flop. I, this is my number one. I kind of hate having it number one because it comes out so early in the year. But I have mm. to give my top spot. knock at the cabin okay all right m nights m night you know you know i love m night Shyamalan. his new horror film that's got dave bautista jonathan groff rupert grint ben aldridge it's based on a book by paul tremblay called the cabin at the end of the world i was i mean you know this i was dangerously obsessed with m night for a significant amount of my life and him and I fell on some hard times when he made some trash, <laughs> but my love for him was rejuvenated with the visit in 2015. And honestly, since that point, I think he's been on a pretty impressive streak of not only, I think good movies, but um, he's been working on the Apple TV plus show servant, which mm-hmm. I've been binging Really into that. Um, so just, it's long live the king. February 3rd in theaters, knock at the cabin. My my most anticipated movie of 2023. He's back. He's he's in that space. Um, I, you know, it, this also made my list as well. But um, I'm like, no, I'm not, since it's so early on, it, de- it doesn't make me any less excited. But I will say that getting to see him kind of in this wheelhouse of his. I don't know anything about this story. I have not read this. I haven't talked to anyone to reveal anything about it. I've tried to remain, and I know Stephen King is a huge fan of the story. I did a teaser and they have the new trailer. Don't watch the trailer because I've heard it spoils a lot. I'm going to say that saying I am currently reading the book that this is based on. I won't go into any detail on the book or my opinion on the book so far but I'm currently in the middle of it. And then, uh, you know what? I, I was thinking this too, watching Servant, you know, because he's he's dabbled in TV. Now he's dabbling even more with this show. 
that's wrapping up with season four. It's its final season. But it got me thinking, could Shyamalan do a rebooted Twilight Zone? Do you think he could, you think he would be a good pick? I think, yes. I'd have to think a little bit about the style because I I wonder, a little bit of old felt like a Twilight Zone episode. And so I'm hinging it off of what he has done and what he's done recently, like his old work to, to like what we've gotten recently. And I would say old d- did feel like his own version of the Twilight Zone. So, yeah, I would say I would like to see, and we may have, have even mentioned that when old came out, to see a team up between Jordan Peele and Shyamalan on like a Twilight Zone project. Or, hey, make if they made a, the Twilight Zone movie, who would be your four directors that you get? Peele, Shyamalan. Well, we need to... We need to save that for a future episode. That's a good question because I would have to think. Yeah, yeah, because come up with four man. people. Yeah, that's going to be good. I'm I'm really excited. So that we're less than I don't. Mm. Did I say the date? February third. That's less than one month away. That gives me chills just thinking about now it. Now you've gone. To, have you started your Shyamalan watch rewatch of all those movies? Um, I'm not going to do them all, but I did watch After Earth. I'm going to say. You know, I talked about how I, I was obsessed with him. I'd never seen After Earth. I watched that for the first time the other day. Um, it's not great. It was better than I expected, but, like, Jaden Smith is awful. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a movie that I've always wanted to see, but I haven't. I've never gotten around to seeing it. How is Big Willie in it? <sighs> He's okay. I mean, he spends the, the bulk of the movie confined to... The wreckage of a plane. There are some movies, and it was all around that time of After Earth, because I have not seen that, The Last Airbender, um, and I feel like there's there's another movie of his. And um, I mean, you saw The Happening, right? That's it. No, it's The Happening. I, I mean, still The Happening's in his wheelhouse, but it's not good. Yeah, that, no, that's it. That that's the other film. And my dad, for the longest time, uh, he was like. Of all people, my dad kept asking me if I've seen it. And I'm like, no, I just, I don't think I will end up. And he's like, you just have to watch it. He's like, you, you, it's like being a Shyamalan fan, you got to see it. And so. You have to. I mean, I do think that movie's not good, but there are a couple, I, I call them vintage Shyamalan moments where I'm like, that's, he's tapped into what was so good about like Unbreakable and The Sixth Sense. And they're very small moments, but he, he still had it. This is movie number 15, by the way. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, before we wrap this up, what is what is one big, massive movie coming out this year that you could care the least about? My, so mine has to revolve around a specific universe, and we've talked about it multiple times. And the thing is, and I'm getting ready to be pelted. But then again, I, I also don't feel too bad because like we said, the DC universe is done. The DCEU that we once knew is like the Snyderverse and this the this group of films. But it's like a, that's like an era. That's a small, uh, short-lived era. But can you say it's short-lived because it's about a decade um, of films? And 
I've been doing, like, I've been watching a lot of James Wan interviews because I'm waiting for him to drop certain nuggets about his partnership with Jason Blum. I'm curious to see what are they going to do? Are there talks of them possibly doing the Dark Universe with Universal? Like, there, there's elements where I've watched a lot of interviews, and I love Wan's approach to filmmaker filmmaking. I don't necessarily love all of his movies and even some of his styles. I like him as a filmmaker, but there are just some some of his choices. I'm not like his biggest fan, but I do like him. I think he's a, a, a great filmmaker, especially a horror filmmaker. I like to see anything he's done. But that leads me to his movie for the DC, Aquaman 2. I just, man, it everything, but, and I can't really say it's Aquaman 2, it's all of these movies. And The Flash almost made it to this. But like you were saying earlier, Andy Muschietti, knowing like how much love and probably blood, sweat, and tears he poured into that film, um, it just, I, I want to see it for that. And also like Keaton, the idea of we're getting Keaton's Batman. There are elements of it, but man, it's going to be so hard to support that film because of everything that's happened with Ezra. Um, or even, like, be interested in seeing it. You know, that's a thing that sucks, because I know there have been so many others involved with that movie other than this one person, but everything that has come to light with Ezra's making it really tough. But Aquaman 2 is above the rest because it's like, to what... Like, The Flash, I think, could pivot, and that's the film that pivots everything. Shazam 2... Is interesting, but I'm kind of looking to that as like an episode, a long episode of hopefully a fun show. Like, I just want it to be fun. But Aquaman 2, it's like, what are they going to do? We have, like, Namor in uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever was so good, and getting the uh, that entire uh, backstory was just so fascinating to me. And it's like, what are we going to get in Aquaman 2 that's going to interest me? I don't really know if we'll get anything. And that's, I just, I'm just not, I cannot get interested. Plus the first one's like not even that good. It's okay. Yeah. And man, it's. I mean, it it feels like a movie that was, it feels, we've talked about this before. It just, there's so many things in that movie that I, I, I can't believe that people in, in the year, I don't even know when that come out, 2018. Uh, yeah. December, I think it was December, December 2018. And good lord. And the fact that it made a billion dollars. Yeah, that's that's actually makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> that movie and this the other thing that I could kill us about Aquaman beyond everything not mattering, it's been delayed like 19 times. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? I hope that's a huge bomb. I, uh, I also yeah. hope I mean, the one, what I was going to say is Shazam. I mean, that looks awful. <laughs> None of this matters. It looks terrible. Yeah, it's, I mean, all of those films, I just, I mean, at this rate, it's almost like, should they have just said and waited until all those movies were released and then said, hey, now we've got the game plan. I know that they're just, they're like in a rock and a hard place. It's like, what do you do? Well, the, the problem with doing that is you get people on board they're in these movies if they do i say they never said anything we go and we're like man the f you know problems with miller aside that movie ruled we're on we're on board we're excited for the the dcu 
and then they they release those and and proceed to tell us that they're non-existent anymore you're gonna really make people mad so i think it's smart to just start fresh uh i'm worried the most interesting thing about any of this is will they make any money yeah will the general public have any idea that these movies don't matter i'm so curious if they're going to change their release strategy another thing is by the time we get these movies, HBO Max will have ch- will be changing drastically, I assume, right? So, um, yeah, it just, there's so much about these that I just, because there are elements I'm like, oh, this could be cool, but my amount of caring is so far, like, strained at this point. And I, I feel like it's going to be that way for the general audience, right? So I think we've got three cases of Babylon on our hands. <laughs> Four, because there's Blue Beetle, too. Oh, yeah. That's a movie I keep forgetting about. Yeah, that's a, just like a huge, huge snoozer. No one cares. Could be really cool, but they've already ruined it. Before we've even introduced this character on the big screen, we've said, hey, this does not matter. It's, it's happening in real life, and it's like our real-life version of the Titanic. We see the iceberg, and there's no way to steer away from it. Again, it's the right decision, though. Just start over. This is awful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, a lot of good stuff coming out overall in 2023, so I'm excited for it. And even some of those movies like Oppenheimer that you had on your list, I'm looking forward to. It'll be great to see those. Uh, but... Yeah, hopefully it's a much better, fruitful year than 2022 in terms of movies that are satisfying rather than being disappointing. So, until next time, keep watching.